operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. We are back and better than ever. Comic Book Revolution Podcast. I am Rock. By my side, Steven. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. I was afraid you were going to say I was the Stephanie McMahon to your, to your <laughs> You're like, no. Oh, As always, you can check us out at our website, comicbookrevolution.com, for all the reviews and such. You can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. Check me out on Twitter, at Rock2Ks Revolution. Steven? And you can find me at President Glover. Yes. yes. All right, my friend. We have a good selection of comic books this week to take on. Mm-hmm. From DC Comics, we have the, the, the Green Lantern. Not just Green Lantern, my friend, but the yeah. Green Lantern, number Not one. the, the. Yes. <laughs> Justice League, number 11. Mm-hmm. Sideways Annual number one. Yes. And I'm going to mention one thing, even though Stephen didn't read it, but you got to read it, Stephen. Okay. The Unexpected number six. I just really got to touch on it because it kind of goes in line with what's going on on the Green Lantern number one okay. and Sideways Annual number one. Yes. So not a full-blown review, but there's just a few things we got to touch Interesting. on. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Stephen, <laughs> let's just hop right to it. I can't wait. All right, let's do it. The Green the, Lantern number one. Yes. Brought to us the words... My boy, yes. My boo, Grant Morrison. You just can't quit DC. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Artist Liam Sharp, mm-hmm. colors Steve Olaf, and this issue begins. We see a Green Lantern fighting. Uh, his name is Maxim Tox, and he's fighting a bunch of space pirates. <laughs> and we find out that Tox's uh, partner is actually one you can't see coming at you. He's a super-intelligent, all-purpose virus, Mm -hmm. and he is inside the bloodstream of one of the space pirates. And what is this (laughs) Green Lantern's name? Floozle Flem. <laughs> Steven! Floozle Flem. This is so Grant Morrison. Steven, we're like two pages into the issue. We're like yeah. two pages into the issue. I'm like, oh my God, this is so Grant Morrison. Yeah. The idea of a Green Lantern being a super intelligent all purpose virus, mm-hmm. and that's very Grant Morrison. And then the yeah. name Floozle Flem is so Grant Morrison, isn't it? I just, I love it. I just, right yes. out of the box, I've already got a smile on my face, and I'm like, I love this title already. <laughs> and so. The Flusalflem makes the space uh, pirate sick. He starts blah, blah, just getting sick all over the place, and he, he asks for the antidote, and uh, the Green Lantern Tox says, I'll give you the antidote. I got it. I, got, I can vaccinate you against emerald flu. That's what they call his move. <laughs> he goes, I can, I can vaccinate you, but, but first, you got to squeal and give us all the information we need. Mm-hmm. And then we see them putting the uh, space pirates, there's three space pirates that they've captured, and they're loading them aboard a um, Green Lantern vessel to take them back to Oa. And Chrysalon will be piloting the ship back to Oa. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we see Trilla True on the scene as well. Mm-hmm. She's the the rooster. Well, I guess she's not a rooster. That's a male <laughs> chicken. But she's like the chicken humanoid Green Lantern. And I like how <laughs> how she gives she goes through all of her dialogue, and then she ends her dialogue with. <laughs> 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 I, I, I 
love Grant Morrison. <laughs> and what's great is the space pirates, Stephen, are we're on Ventura. The Luck Lords had a have something called a luck dial that the space pirates are going after. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the luck dial, really cool. What a great concept, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a cool concept. Oh yeah. And um <laughs> And the Luck Lords of Ventura are awesome because that is a wonderful, that is a wonderful Legion of Superheroes reference. Stephen, the Luck Lords first appeared in the Legion of Superheroes way back then. I'm talking the Kurt Swan era, the 1960s adventure comics era of Legion of Superheroes. Oh wow! Yes, that's a very old school, old school Legion of Superheroes. That's a long time ago. (laughs) And again, that's Grant Morrison. Yes, that dude will perform research like no writer outside of Jeff Johns. Oh yeah, right, and maybe Scott Snyder. Yeah. He, um, it's just so interesting listening to, because I listened to an interview with him. It was when he was promoting his book about, like, superheroes and yes. stuff. Um, and he just said, well, when I did Batman, I thought, well, how am I going to make this weird 60s Batman stuff work? It's like, yes. oh, he was clearly on drugs. Bingo. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just the matter, it's, it's brilliant. Like, nobody else would acknowledge that except for him. Right. So, I love it. Yeah. And also during the fight, I forgot to mention that one of the Luck Lords, they're taking bets on who's going to win the Green Lanterns or the Space Pirates because that's what <laughs> Luck Lords do. They bet yeah. and gamble. And one of them is like, you know, uh, look, I'm in it to win it, my rock. <laughs> R-O-K-K. <laughs> Yes, so there you go, another Legion of Super- So I'm like, yeah. Stephen, we're like five pages into this issue, and I've gotten two Legion of Superheroes references, Rock being the first name of Cosmic Boy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, look, we're seeing more and more Legion of Superheroes references everywhere, Stephen. Yeah. It's building. It's coming. It's coming. It is coming. It is coming. It is so cool. <laughs> so Green Lantern Tox goes off to investigate where the um, other, because there are a whole bunch of space pirates, a whole bunch of them got away. Mm-hmm. So they only caught these three. The rest of them got away, plus yep. their leader got away as well. Mm-hmm. So he goes off to investigate what's going on, try to see if he can find them. And we see him investigating this, uh, looks like a spaceship that got attacked. Mm-hmm. And he's looking around, it's lots of damage. And he's like, okay, this isn't good. And we see, a, uh, look at the details, a dead Jaro, uh, yep. one of those little mini stars we learned in Scott Snyder's Justice League that... Mm-hmm. When Star got killed, he exploded into a bunch of mini little Staros, mm-hmm. right? And there's one of them. Yeah. It's the yeah. details, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Right now, what Jeff Johns, Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison, and and uh, 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 Williamson, mm-hmm. and, and Tinian, Tinian. Yep. the detail that everyone is knowing what everyone else is doing yep. and it's popping up and all that. It's just little details like that. But it matters. Yes. It builds that more immersive setting. Yes. It matters. It creates a real universe. Yes. I I love it. And so we see this woman there, and she looks like she's gotten beaten up. And, uh, and, uh, like a talking, like a pterodactyl-like creature as well. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, behind you, run. And suddenly the ring goes, antimatter detected. Uh Antimatter. Oh, yeah, you knew with Grant Morrison, Stephen, yeah. you were going to get the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And the antimatter is part of the multiverse. It's yes. this other universe that mm-hmm. is a long history. That, that, that is a very long history. It's a Green Lantern uh, uh, creation. Mm-hmm. It's been in the Green Lantern mythos forever. The antimatter yeah. universe, uh, that's where Cord exists. Yes. And the weaponers of Cord are there that make all mm-hmm. the weapons. And Cord has always been kind of like the opposite of of the, uh, the Guardians and Oa because Cord was formed by the controllers, I think, or I can't remember their name. They're the opposite of... Um, yeah, the, the Guardians. The opposite mm-hmm. of the Guardians. Yeah. And so, uh, anyhow, we then cut away from that scene, and we see, we meet Commander Mew, 
Moo. He is the leader of the Space Pirates. Mm-hmm. And we find out the Space Pirates are called the Dark Stars. Black Stars. Black Stars. I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> Dark Stars. But he looks, <laughs> they, look like, they look like the Dark Stars. Yes. The, the, I do. mean, the, the outfits they're wearing that Commander Moo is wearing and that mm-hmm. we see later on in the issue of his other officers, mm-hmm. the, the outfits look like the Dark Stars. Very similar. Yes. But they're called the Black Stars, so we don't know yet if this is going to be like an offshoot of the Dark mm-hmm. Stars or a, a, maybe like a sister yeah. group or something. Which is Which would be very... Str- I, I think it might be like an opposite because the Dark Stars are all about like extreme justice. Justice. Yes. So. so I'm not too sure what, what we got going here, but it's interesting. There's, yes, def- there's it definitely is. a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. And we see that they have, Moo has uh, one of the luck dials in his hands. Mm-hmm. So he's like, ha ha. And <laughs> then one of his underlings says, hey, by the way, um, the cargo that we have in our ship, it, it killed a green lantern. And we see that Lantern Tox has been killed and his mm-hmm. power ring is flying off to get a new host. Yeah. We then cut back to Chrysalon's vessel. We see that the three captured space pirates one of them is like a little mole creature yeah and he goes ah they don't realize that i got i got us oh, one of the venturian <laughs> luck dials as well and it's helping me escape and and he escapes from his little thing and little prison and then uh they take over the ship mm-hmm. and then we cut to earth and we see hal jordan chilling outside lying in the middle of the desert and we see the sunset it's nighttime and then eve his girlfriend shows up, mm-hmm. and she's like, I left five hours ago, and you haven't moved at all. Just get off your ass and come in and help me bring the groceries inside. So he brings the groceries in, and he goes, look, I lost my job again, pumping gas at the all-night 52 pickup, 52 pickup. Yeah, again, Grant Morrison referencing <laughs> – Grant Morrison, nothing is by mistake in a Grant Morrison title. Yes. You have to read every tiny piece of dialogue. There mm-hmm. is meaning Everywhere, yes, he does nothing by happenstance. Mm-hmm. Fifty to pick up is obviously a reference to the title Fifty Two, yes, that he was one of the co-writers on. Mm-hmm. That also is established the, the new, yes. the new uh, multiverse. That's mm-hmm. when because the, the very last issue of Fifty Two, we find out what it means. Yes. There are Fifty Two Earths in the brand new multiverse that was born out of the end of Infinite Crisis, but we didn't mm-hmm. know it at the time. Yes, so there we go, and so. The, uh, Eve's like, you know, you were a test pilot for Ferris. That's like, that's a big deal. That's a deluxe job, one in a million. And now you're you're doing all these BS jobs. You're like a sales rep for a toy company. And you're selling insurance. And you've and he's like, Hal's like, look, I'm a space cop. That's that, that's my priority. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. And she goes, were you fired by insubordination like every other time? And he's like, yeah, I know. I hate me too. And then yeah. we see him getting it on outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we see like stuff falling to the sky from the sky. And we know that's the spaceship. We think it's like meteors, but it's the spaceship. It's yeah, Crystal it's spaceship. spaceship. Mm-hmm. The next day, we see Hal wandering the roads. He's, he's got his rucksack on. He's just wandering through nature. And uh, he sits down to have his meal. And a homeless guy shows up. And he's talking all weird, like English is in his native tongue. And Hal's like, what's up with you? You, you, you sound a little odd. And uh, I noticed you're, you're staring at my guacamole like a cat. Uh, you know what? I think what you are, you have the typical kind of reaction of a Horminth Collective from Cluster World 3. Well, I love it! It's like, <laughs> this is great. And he's like, so you're not human. What are you doing here? What's going on? And suddenly more homeless guys show up. And and, um, and the homeless guy's like, get him! And Hal Jordan's like, you want to fight? See, I like fighting. Yep. Aliens, humans, don't matter. Because I'll fight any <laughs> fool who's game. I'm like, yes! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so... He starts whooping butt, and he goes, you know what? 
since I know you're from Cluster th- uh, World 3, that you're a colony creature, so um, you're, you're all one thing. Mm-hmm. And all I got to do is find which one of you is the brain. He punches one of them, it's the brain, and they all revert back to the alien form, and they're all <laughs> knocked out. And then Hal's like, how'd you get here? Looks, scans the distance, sees the wrecked ship, mm-hmm. and goes, hmm, a little deja vu here, like when he found Abin Sur's ship and yeah. became the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Again, nice nod to his roots. Mm-hmm. And there we see Chrysalon. And Hal's like, look, I've worked with you before. I got you, bro. I'm going to help you. And Chris Lund's like, oh, I'm not going to make it. He says, yes, you are. You're going to make it. And he's like, give me the details on the space pirates. Let me know what's going on. Because he says the space pirates that are, have broken right. out. He's like, give me the details. And hang on. I'm going to take care of this. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, wait. One thing. I got one problem. My ring's getting low. And the Guardians took my power battery. Yeah, for repair. For quote-unquote quote <laughs> repair and upgrade. And then Chris Lund's like, then use mine, Green Lantern. This is a hero shot. Yeah, of, of course, I always thought of it just um, like just in a, like old time with the camera pans, and he just turns, but use mine, Green Lantern. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. This is a good hero shot. And then it's back to Pat hero shots, because then yes. we get a second hero shot, <laughs> and we have Hal reciting his oath mm-hmm. and transforming into his Green Lantern form. And then we see the space pirates rampaging through the city, and the little mole alien has gotten much, much bigger. And then we get our third hero shot of <laughs> Hal Jordan appearing on the scene. He's like, nobody nobody panic. Chill. I got I this. I got this. <laughs> Bam! Takes out one, sweeps, rescues some innocent bystanders, takes out a bad guy, goes up to the big giant mole and goes, so um, you got any demands? He's like, yeah, we need a spaceship. And Hal's like, okay. He goes, look, you're a meganthrope, which means you're accustomed to much lighter gravity. That's why you're growing. And he goes, the problem is, and, and the mole's like, yeah, we can do it. I get even bigger. And he's like, I'll probably laugh my ass off because uh, <laughs> your bone's not going to be able to support your weight, and it's going to shatter, and sure enough, his legs shatter, and yeah. he collapses. And um, <laughs> then he turns to the, uh, the remaining two space pirates and goes, the rest of you, I didn't even get started yet. I can mess you guys up in ways you wouldn't believe. Or you can turn yourselves in and get this over with. You know who I am, right? Still feeling lucky. <laughs> punk. <laughs> Didn't say the punk part. Punk. But you can tell, you can tell who Grant Morrison is channeling. Yeah. You, you can, can tell. You can imagine the under underside of his jaw moving while he's <laughs> Yes. <talking>. Absolutely. <laughs> and so then he puts the, the bad guys in a jar of guacamole and says, Hey guys, by the way, this uh, this luck doll you have. It's a fake. <laughs> You've just been operating on ordinary luck, and guess what? It turned it bad. Turned bad. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> this is good. This is great. Action guy dialogue is perfect. <laughs> and then suddenly, uh, the guardians tell Hal to report back to Nuoa, and he goes, oh, "I guess I'm back in the saddle again." He arrives on Nuoa, and one of the guardians is like, "Welcome back," and he goes, "I thought I was persona non grata and on for leave until mm-hmm. further notice," and yeah. the guardians like. This is further notice. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he goes, good job. And he goes, listen, we got some problems. They go into the library, and you see the Book of Oa. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's been poisoned. It's got some dark poisoning. And in the middle of it, it has that, my friend, Dr. Manhattan symbol. Yeah. That is Dr. Manhattan symbol. And the Guardian goes, we got a problem. We've been doing extensive analysis of the Book of Oa. It's revealed that it has certain flaws, Mm -hmm. revisions, and amendments that have taken place without our knowledge, and we know that Dr. Manhattan has been rewriting, mm-hmm. rewrote the DCU and created the New 52. Yep. And he's part of his rewriting the DCU and creating the New 52. He rewrote parts of the Book of Oa. Yes. Really, this is a great job 
really good job by Morrison weaving in Doomsday mm-hmm. Clock into the Green Lantern mythos and the Green Lantern franchise in a really nice organic fashion. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. This is, oh, yeah. And, I, and it's exciting to start to see Doomsday Clock working its way through the DCU. Yes. Isn't it? Absolutely. And he's like, so the Book of O may no longer be trustworthy. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then he gives a short speech on who the Guardians are and who the Green Lantern uh, core is what's their point what's their purpose really this is for new readers yes. this is affirming the mission statement of the Green Lantern core and mm-hmm. the Guardians themselves mm-hmm. I liked it yeah. this is nice to, to give you that for especially for new new readers but even yeah. for long time readers to reestablish this is who we are mm-hmm. let's reestablish the ground rules for this this little bit of a, a not rebooting but 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 it's redirection uh, of the franchise yeah a redirection yeah you know definitely and so, and he talks about the people that they've, that they attract to become Green Lanterns. And, and here is Grant Morrison being Grant Morrison and mm-hmm. really expanding the reach of, we've always known that they pulled from different space spe- sectors. Sure. But now he's got them pulling from the deep voids of super voids, mm-hmm. from the shattered source wall, mm-hmm. from... To tie into uh, what's going on right now. Yep. From... Uh, from uh, sublime and non-dual omni-awarenesses. <laughs> uh, X-ray lanterns, radio wave lanterns, gamma yeah. wave lanterns, microwave lanterns. Yeah. F- lanterns from not just different planets, but from all scales and wavelengths, from the nanoscopic to the unspeakably immense. You see Mogo. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is... It's not just planets from... Different, aliens from different planets. We're, we are yeah. going on every, literally every level of the universe, of mm-hmm. the, the structure of the universe. Yep. <laughs> that's that's very much Grant Morrison. Yes. That is very much Grant Morrison. Absolutely. I love that. And then he goes, and, by, and the, the Guardian says, by the way, we have a traitor within our ranks. We already know who it is. They'll be exposed soon. Um, now we need to talk. And so they head off, and then we end with a uh, scene on Asteroid X, which is the headquarters of controller Moose Black mm-hmm. Stars. And we see him announcing, he's got his officers with him, and he's like, we've gotten two of the five components that are necessary to construct their ultimate asset. Mm-hmm. One of the components is the luck dial. Mm-hmm. The other is the antimatter lantern. What? And we see they have, uh, he looks like Hal Jordan, but yeah. he's wearing a black and yellow costume. Mm-hmm. And there he says, commence vivisection, extract the heart of the weaponeer. Wow, Uh-oh. antimatter la- lantern, something new, mm-hmm. very Grant Morrisony. Yes, and then we get a teaser shot of things to come, and it's uh, we've got some uh, three female, um, three female black stars. Mm-hmm. One of them is a Durlin. Durlins first appeared in Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> Chameleon Boy is a Durlin. We see a picture of Green Lantern with Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. We see a broken um, power battery with a guardian looking at it from mm-hmm. behind. And we see, because uh, it's Grant Morrison, Stephen, <laughs> you know it's going to ha- deal with the multiverse. Yes. I mean, he already has the antimatter universe. Mm-hmm. So it's going to deal with the multiverse. We've got Green Lanterns from all across the multiverse, Stephen. <laughs> uh, it, it was, and, and again, I, I love his, um, I, like his, I like his research, because he, yeah. pulls, he pulls from all sorts of places. <laughs> what did you think the Green Lantern number one, Stephen? Had it had it work for you? Um, well, I was curious when I first when I first heard about it. I was excited, of course. I love I love Grant Morrison. I think Green Lantern is especially a great 
um, a great place for him Absolutely. to exercise his his talents. But I was I was curious. Okay, what are we gonna get? Because there's like the fun and wacky Morrison, mm-hmm. like like his Justice League was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the very surreal and um, crazy, but not like in a goofy way. Like this is like wow, this is really insane, but it works. And yep. It's awesome, like yep. Batman. Yep. And I think we're getting something, maybe leaning more towards the Justice League side, but still with that kind of super surreal stuff from Batman. Yes. Where, um, it's like, a good, it's a good mix. It's of a Justice good mix. League and Batman. I yeah. Think. Where it's it's a lot of fun. Yes. Um, you do have like the great big world building stuff, which is. As I've said often, I really like that they're doing that with these characters expanding their mythologies and their universes and whatnot. And they have all that, but (laughs) but what I really love about it, I think probably the most, and I think I know you agree with this as well, is I really, really like the way he just reestablishes that Hal Jordan is the guy. Yes. He's he's the Green Lantern. Lantern. Not a Green Lantern. Not Green Lantern. The Yes. Except no. Substitute. It, it Morrison, <laughs> Morrison does nothing without purpose. No, absolutely. He, that, that not. is that is absolutely done on purpose. Yes, and I like that. Like even though he has that um that kind of steely badass attitude, like uh-huh. the way that like he wrote Batman. Yep. That he's still very different yes, from Batman. very much. He's he 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 cracks jokes. He mm-hmm. smiles. He's he's got a he's got a he's got a good personality. He's he he's reads kind of like the most badass version of a character on a cop show. Mm-hmm. He reminded me a bit of Dirty Harry. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Reminded me a bit of Dirty Harry. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Yeah. Does things by his own by his own rules, mm-hmm. has his own moral compass, has yeah. a strong sense of, of justice and how to mete out that justice mm-hmm. and uh, low tolerance for, for incompetent yes. leadership. Mm-hmm. And incompetent bosses, yes. very much like, very <laughs> yeah. much like Dirty Harry. Oh yeah, um, he. I mean, he's not willing to kill like Dirty right. Harry is, but yeah, he's got that attitude. And, yes, and also the thing of when when he shows up, it's over. He's got your number. Oh yeah, and it's done. And his so. reputation precedes itself. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I, lo- I love that the most. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know who I am. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. I, um, I I agree with you. I, there's two eight. There's two aspects to this issue. We'll just take the first with Hal sure. Jordan. The second being the mythos that we're dealing with. The yeah, world building that we're dealing the grander with. Grander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. It's he gets Hal Jordan. Yeah. What Hal Jordan is such an iconic character. Mm-hmm. He is the most iconic Green Lantern. Yeah. He is a classic Silver Age character. He's been around since the late fifties. He, uh, but like a lot of Silver Age characters, you know, they they go through a, posi- a transition period where they don't work, or they seem like they don't work, or maybe yeah. they seem a little bland. And I think Hal Jordan has been a character for. You got to remember, he was killed off in the 1990s, Stephen. Yeah. So, for a lot of people, you know, uh, people who started reading. Hal Jordan, or sorry, reading Green Lantern, yeah. uh, probably in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, let's see, killed off in 93-ish. Yeah. So if, and, and he came back as the Spectre. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> um, 
he came back as the Spectre in like '99, and was the Spectre from '99 to 2003. Yeah. So you got to figure from about '93. That's when he got turned into a villain. So from yeah. a, so from nine and, and then got killed. Yeah. So if you started reading comics between 1993 and 2004, you didn't have Hal Jordan. No. He just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of readers. Oh, yeah. Ten-year period, Stephen. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of readers. Yeah. And then when he did come back, and and, and, and Johns did a good job with, with Green Lantern Rebirth, but he had a lot of baggage to deal with. I mean, yeah. he, he pulled off a huge heel turn before he got killed off. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a lot. It really, you know, it's, it's hard to rehabilitate a character. Yeah. It takes a oh, long time. Yeah. It and takes you, a long time. You could, um, and I mean, you could argue successfully that at least three quarters of John's Green Lantern run was about yes. rehabilitating Hal Jordan's character. Absolutely. And it took a long time. Oh, Very hard. yeah. So you have a lot of readers who started reading comics in that 10-year period where he wasn't around at all. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of readers who were reading it when he came back, but they were dealing with all the baggage. Yes. So I understand... In an interesting way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I understand why some readers are like, I don't care about the character, or I find the character boring. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah. And I I, I would agree that that Hal Jordan's character has had that problem in the past. Yes. Given what's going on. Mm -hmm. Grant Morrison shows you why the character is so amazing. Mm -hmm. He gives... Hal Jordan... If you think Hal Jordan's boring after reading Grant Morrison's version of him, then... you're just being disingenuous. Yeah. You may not like the character, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. He's not boring. No. He's not bland. He's yeah. not vanilla. Mm-hmm. That, Hal, Hal Jordan, Grant Morrison's Hal Jordan, very much has a personality. He is yeah. very textured. He is very mm-hmm. nuanced. He's very distinctive. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is, is Morrison doesn't run from, from Hal Jordan's character roots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't run from it. It's a lesser writer... Yeah. A lesser writer would have taken the easy route out. Would be like, I'm just going to hit the restart on this character yeah. and make him very modern mm-hmm. and make him like every other modern character that you read now yeah. and and go from there. Mm-hmm. Morrison doesn't do that. He goes, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm going to embrace his core characteristics mm-hmm. and work with it from there. Yeah. I'm going to embrace it. What the result is, Hal Jordan, because of the old school core Personality trait, Stephen. He is more unique now. Yeah. Morrison's Hal Jordan's more unique now mm-hmm. than any of the newer characters that are, either, that are newer have been refreshed. Sure. Because he is decidedly alpha male. Yeah. He he is he is the embodiment of all classic masculine traits. Mm-hmm. He has a he is supremely confident. Yep. He. Doesn't give a shit about authority. Mm-hmm. He marches to his own drumbeat. Yeah. He has his own personal code. Mm-hmm. He has his strong sense of justice yeah. and, and, uh, and what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. He loves to fight. Yeah. He uh, is classically male in his emotionally reserved persona. Mm-hmm. He's calm, cool, and collected. He's not going to see him crack. Yeah. He's not going to cry. He's not going to want to talk about his feelings. Mm-hmm. He, the way he reacts with his girlfriend, I'm, I'm going to not apologize for who I am. I'm going to make a joke, and then I'm going to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. It, these are classic, old-school, mm-hmm. masculine traits to the T, Stephen. This is what yeah. you got in a lot of Westerns yep. back in the day. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is... This is a Clint Eastwood, John Wayne style character. Mm-hmm. 
And let's be honest, you don't see a lot of that now because classic mm. masculine traits are no longer valued or appreciated. They are now toxic. So Morrison's going, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. Those traits are good. Those traits mm-hmm. make men that are able to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And he really embraces the positive aspects of classic masculine traits yeah. with Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. The positive aspects. Yeah. Not everything is bad, you know, and there are a lot of positive aspects to a character like this. Mm-hmm. But it makes him look so but now, because Morrison's doing it, Hal now seems really unique and interesting compared to <laughs> other male characters in the DCU. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And I mean, he does it without ever um, betraying stuff that came before. No, like, he, I agree. It, like reading, just reading this, you can, you can just kind of tell, okay, well, this is why he always fought with the guardians or with Batman or um, why he had such a good relationship with the green arrow. For yes. instance. Yes. So it, it's, it still builds on all of those things that have come before, but it just feels different. Yes. And that's, it's not to disrespect uh, what John's no, and, and no, no, no. Diddy did, but it's, it feels different because Morrison takes this very, I don't want to say hard line, but you know, he, he really digs into that. And, it, and what I love about it is this is the kind of <clears throat> character that like, this is a role model character that I would like my boys <laughs> to read yeah. because it embraces classically masculine traits mm-hmm. in a positive light. Yeah. This guy's a man. Mm-hmm. No, no apologies about it. No, but he's good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, this is positive. So I really like that. So the great job with Hal Jordan. And I think Hal Jordan is going to be very popular even more than ever. I think this is a really good character. Yeah. He's even better than before. And then the other side of the issue, Stephen, the larger issue is mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. that, that Morrison is building here. And Morrison, you knew, Stephen, this is the perfect title for him. <laughs> Green Lantern yeah. deals with high-concept sci-fi mm-hmm. themes, high-concept cosmic themes. That's perfect for Grant Morrison. That oh, yeah. plays to his strengths. Yes. The man has unparalleled research skills. Mm-hmm. He is able to reach into the depths and pull out the most art, the most just obscure characters mm-hmm. and concepts <laughs> and bring them into a modern story. Yeah. And what I love about it is Morrison is able to take Silver Age themes. This is what he does the best. He did them in the Batman too. Mm-hmm. Take Silver Age themes and honor them, not not belittle them, actually honor and celebrate them, but in a more much more modern context for a modern reader. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's also able to take Silver Age themes old continuity, repurpose it, and then put his own unique spin on it, mm-hmm. and then create something brand new. Case in point, the Animatter Universe yeah. and Cord, he takes those long-standing, old-school uh, uh, continuity bits from Green Lantern Mythos mm-hmm. and creates something brand new, the Antimatter Lantern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he does. He <laughs> takes continuity, loves it, honors it, and then creates something brand new from it. Yes. And that's what makes his reading so compelling. Mm-hmm. That's why he's a perfect match for this title. And... If you love the multiverse, Green Lantern is the perfect vehicle for the multiverse given the cosmic nature of the title. Mm-hmm. It's going to allow Morrison to expand, to explore the universe, every level of the universe, and the multiverse in general. This is going to be a multiverse-heavy title. Oh, yeah. Most Absolutely. definitely, mm-hmm. which I think is – I think Morrison is perfectly and uniquely equipped for this kind of title. Yeah. And I, I'm all on board, mm-hmm. Stephen. I think the, 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 the story, Stephen, is – this story is – dense yeah it's rich with details mm-hmm. it's rich with plot there are a lot of plot lines he installs a lot of plot lines Steven. yeah a lot of, and they're all intricate intricately 
intricately, intricately crafted, developed <laughs> plot lines too. Yeah. They really are. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. The plotting and the pacing is phenomenal. There's so much to dig into here, Stephen. Yeah. So much bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Really, this is worth the price of admission. This is the kind of comic, Stephen, you have to read two, three, four, five times to really get everything Morrison is trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. This is a multiple reading issue. I will, I will say this um, because I agree with you. However, if you're just reading it, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you're you're reading like yes, um, I agree, like a, like a like a like a episode of a cop show. Agreed. But you know, with aliens and all that, it's just because like you know when you would read issues like um, a Final Crisis, you could feel the weight of yeah, oh yeah. There's agreed. a lot going yes. on here. You really need to pay attention. <laughs> but this feels more, and that there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. It's just that with this, and especially for a number one issue, which is very important, it feels like you know, you feel like there's something else. Yes. But you don't necessarily have to go back and read it five times just to understand the basic point yep. of the story. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff is just gravy, pretty yep. much. So. And, and I like me some gravy. It's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? It's great. And yes. the Green Lanterns that you see there. Did you recognize any of them? You've got Avensur of Earth-20, Caro of Earth-12, Bat-Lantern of Earth-32. So I recognize the Batman one. Uh-huh. Um, Flashlight of Earth-36, <laughs> Leonard Lewis of Earth-6, and Magic mm-hmm. Lantern of Earth-47. It's a lot of research he did there. Yeah. A lot of research he did there, which is super you awesome. You knew there was going to be a Batman one. <laughs> Heck yeah, you knew it. Uh, what did you think of... Um, I mean, I'm just fascinated with every single plot line, Stephen. Yeah. From the traitor within the ranks mm-hmm. to the Book of Oa being rewritten by Doctor Manhattan yeah. to uh, Commander Moo and the the, the five stars. artifacts that they're going after and yeah. what their the ultimate asset is. I mean, there's so much here. Mm-hmm. There's so much here to get into. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just so excited. And, and, and really excited to see how he plays with Doomsday Clock because this is right. Yeah, this is Grant very Morrison. right for him. Well, that and what's happened with the the Source Wall and the yes. Dark Multiverse and things like that. I'd love to see what he what he does with that because I mean, until Metal, he was really the only one who was growing the multiverse story. Well, and that's and that's kind of my my view of it is yeah. that I, I kind of view I view Grant Morrison as the I mean, he's not the father of the multiverse. Obviously, no. Gardner Fox created the multiverse yes. back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, he's he's give, the one who uh, shaped it more than anybody. I think absolutely yeah. agree. It's like how, um, like I mean, like Jack Kirby is like the father of, well, I guess, kind of both universes in a way. But right, like then you look at somebody like Jim Jim Starlin who who took it and went further with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I think of Grant Morrison as. Except Morrison did a lot more. Pro- yes. Yeah, because he, uh, well, he probably had more time, I guess. <laughs> I agree. And he keeps coming back. He loves doing this stuff. Well, for me, I, there's no writer who loves the multiverse more mm-hmm. and has thought about the multiverse more and written about it more than Grant yeah. Morrison mm-hmm. he, by far. And oh, yeah. uh, and I think it's 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 instructive to go back. And it really begins all the way back in the '80s mm-hmm. when Christ on Infinite Earths got rid of the multiverse. Dumb yeah. decision, but they did. Yeah. And um, they got rid of it. And it, the rule was no one can talk about it. 
It's it's done for. No one can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And everyone followed that rule except for one guy, yeah, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. Yeah. And that's because it was a Vertigo title, at Animal Man. Mm-hmm. And because it was a Vertigo title, I don't know if DC just wasn't was asleep at the wheel or because it's <laughs> under Vertigo's guidance that the DC editors weren't paying attention. I, that's probably what it that's was. That's probably <laughs> what it was. Because uh, Grant Morrison um, decided, F you, I love the multiverse. And he mm-hmm. did. He hated They got rid of it. Yeah. He, he actively wrote about the multiverse in the pages of Animal Man. Yeah. Like, Actively, he had the yeah. psycho pirate in it. I mean, they he he was right on the nose talking about the multiverse. Mm-hmm. He never stopped. Yeah. So he wrote about the multiverse in Animal Man, even when it was gone. Yeah, he co-wrote Fifty Two, which brought back the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And I co- I consider well, Grant Gardner Fox is the father of the original multiverse. Yes, Grant Morrison is the father of our of current, current multiverse. multiverse. Yeah, and that's not even open to debate. I don't think. No, um, and he and. Because like when you read like pretty much all the crisis events yes. really follow a um, a pattern and I mean Morrison only wrote one of those well I mean fifty two so 52. he co-wrote one and then he wrote Final Crisis yes but I mean he you you know his hand was at the wheel yes I mean because even with like with Jeff Johns bringing it back it's right. like well you know he, they probably were in contact or something absolutely with each other so hey, look he he he. Uh, he co-wrote 52, and then he wrote Final Crisis, and then he, and wrote, he wrote Multiversity, which is the that. third one, yeah. And Final Crisis is where he really mm-hmm. did all the heavy, detail world-building of the new multiverse that yeah. everybody still uses, the bleed, mm-hmm. and the even or, more Even Marvel uses that, because Jonathan Hickman said the bleed in yeah. one of his uh, Avengers issues. The Orori, uh, mm-hmm. Mandrak, and all, yep. the, all these things, you know. So, right guy. No oh, doubt yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Right guy for it. Um, I just can't say good enough good things. Um, yeah. What did you think of the artwork? Um, I know you were kind of mixed on it. I actually, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it, it, it a lot. A, I think it was hit or miss for me. I thought that some panels just kind of looked a little sure sloppy to me. But it, it, I mean, it, I th- a little uneven. Uh, sure, but, but the good was good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I like Liam Sharp's Sharp's art a lot. So I mean, that kind of stuff. Like I mean, there was a lack of detail at some points, but it's still to me, it just it looked good to me. And yep. when he when it was important, like the hero shot, yes, you know, and it just so good. I I really liked it. I love the just like when they go back to like oh yeah. this is the universe and the the stuff with the book of Oa. Like I really like how that looked. Um, he you know the it green is, and the black and the blue. Like, oh, right it looked fantastic, it's awesome. Uh, I I and part of it is me. I, he has that uniquely British. Yes, he um, does. British comic book style art. It is very uniquely British. <laughs> and Grant Morrison. <laughs> and and um and and sometimes I'm not a fan of how the faces are drawn sure. in that style of art. It just mm-hmm. makes everything look British. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I'm not a fan of the faces in general sometimes yeah. of that style of artwork. That you, and, and they all have it, there's definitely a look. Oh that, yeah. That British comic book, they, sure. that's definitely a look. Yeah. But um but but I agree with you by and large, they were there. I mean, it was a little uneven, but the good panels, Stephen, were amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were amazing. What I really appreciated with the artwork was the colors, Steve yes. Olaf's colors. Yes. The reason why some of these panels look so good, his colors pop mm-hmm. off the page, Stephen. Yeah, this is some of the best color work. It is gorgeous mm-hmm. color work. Really nice. Oh yeah. Um. So how would you grade out this issue? Um. I will give I'll give the story a you know I'm gonna do it I'm gonna give it a nine I really nice. really 
really liked it. Agreed. And the art, um, I I don't mind the British art style. So, and I and like you said, the colors I thought were just great. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight. I really liked it. I like the issue as a whole a lot. I'm very interested to see where he goes from right. here. The um, in his absence, he's been left a lot of toys to play with. Yes. So I'm yes, indeed. Very interested to see. I'm going to go story, uh, nine night girls out of 10 mm-hmm. and, uh, art. I'm going to go six out of 10. <laughs> oh, Steven's crushed. I will. Crushed. I, I gotta say, look at the cover, Steven, the, the male body <laughs> cannot do that. <laughs> that is not physically potty, physically possible for the male body to be built in that manner. Look at the, everyone. Yeah. Google. If you don't have the issue, Google the green lantern. Number one, look at the cover, the arms, <laughs> the arms and the chest on Hal Jordan are insane, <laughs> and the waist is that of a thirteen-year-old boy. Yeah, holy cow! Not physically possible. Well, his Anyhow, luck, his luck is held pretty well. <laughs> yes, indeed, my friend. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Just the way you said that. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, let's check out because it kind of goes hand in hand. Sideways annual number one. And this issue is brought to us by Will Conrad, Cliff Richards, and Dan Didio with special guest writer Stephen Grant Morrison. Mm. And this issue, we're not going to go into it. It's a very long issue, but the long and short of it is Sideways uh, finds, stumbles across while he's slicing through the multiverse. Yes. He stumbles across New 52, Dude Bro Superman. Uh-oh. Not a character I never see again. But here he is in his jeans and T-shirt and a cape. And I like I like how Sideways even like, ah, some dude in jeans and a T-shirt claims he's Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, he's not written like that Superman. He's no. written more like regular Superman, which I was very confused yes. by. But I, I, I let it go. <laughs> um, dude bro, Superman uh, helps Sideways um, uh, sync back up with the remaining members of the Seven Soldiers. And, I mean, this Grant Morrison has been so happy. You got the New 52 Superman yeah. that he wrote. You got the Seven Soldiers of Victory that he wrote. <laughs> that is just so great. Um, and in this issue, uh, the Seven Soldiers are trying to help the Unseen. Mm-hmm. And the Unseen are basically twisted modern versions of various Golden Age characters like Laurie Lamaris, yeah. uh, Porcupine, Jimmy Olsen, uh, Red Ant, Superman, and... Mm-hmm. Who, uh, for who survived the... Uh... The, the dark multiverse going through the forge and all of them like came that. from the dark multiverse. Mm-hmm. They all the unseen all came from the dark multiverse. So yeah. now they are looking for a new home mm-hmm. in the multiverse, right? Yes. And the seven soldiers of victory and sideways are trying to help them yeah. with that. And unfortunately the bad guy in this issue is, um, is a character that I am not, I've, I've not all that up to speed on Gloriana. Mm-hmm. And she's got all these spiders. Yeah. And um, so anyhow, long and short of it is, now that Sideways found New 52 Superman, he brings him back to where the seven soldiers are mm-hmm. have. And are, he's recovered are, his powers because he'd been at without them for a yep. little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, they've, uh, they've, they go back to rescue them from the spiders, Zatanna and, um, and Clarion uh, are about mm-hmm. to be eaten by the spiders, and New 52 Superman shows up and beats them all up. <laughs> and then Sideways <laughs> grabs the rest of the Seven Soldiers of Victory and brings them to the battle scene to, against the spiders. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's New Superman, New 52 Superman beating up all the spiders with uh, the others kind of helping here and there. Yeah. And 
and we see the unseen arriving on the current, the um, whatever D, the mm-hmm. regular DC universe. Yes. Okay, and coming across Tempest Fugonaut. Fugonaut. <laughs> and he's like, "You shouldn't be here. You're from the Dark Multiverse. I, you're an anomaly. I must get rid of you." And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We're here. We got no home. We're homeless, yeah. and we're we're buddies with Sideways. He's trying to help us out." And the and and Tempest's like, "Whoa." You know, young Derek. Oh, he's a good kid. I, I will help you then. You know, and I'll try, um, I'll try to help you out. <laughs> I'll try to help you out. So we end with the Tempest agreeing to help the Unseen out on mm-hmm. the. Now they're in the regular DCU, yes. trying to find a home. And this and, and this is where we found who the Seventh Soldier was, right? Or was that the issue before? I'm trying to because I read them both before coming over here. Yes. Okay, yeah, because it was the uh, the Guardian. Yes, correct. Guardian's the seventh soldier. We, we, we found out that he is the seventh soldier in this Which issue. I, I, I like that. I yes, like the Guardian. <laughs> and and uh, so we have the Unseen on the regular DCU mm-hmm. trying to find a new home. Tempest going to help them. And we have Sideways and the Seven Soldiers of Victory have defeated all of Gloriana, Gloriana and her army mm-hmm. of spiders. And they decide to go back to the regular DCU as well. Yes. And they were going to bring New 50 Superman with them, but he goes, you know what? I think I'm going to stay in this universe. This universe looks like it needs a Superman. Hmm. So he stays behind. Yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> he can stay behind. Yeah. He deserves to stay behind. <laughs> you don't come with anybody to the regular DCU. We're done with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you go. Steven? Yes. Sideways Annual number one. What'd you think? Um, I, well, I've... I've missed Justin Jordan being on the title because he mm-hmm. departed at a certain point. Yep. But I still have really liked Sideways. I think it's a lot of fun. It I, is. I I really dig like with most of the New Age of Heroes where they have just started intertwining them with certain parts of the DCU. Yes. Like um, um the Justice League found out about the Immortal Man. Damage yep. has obviously had the Unknown Soldier, mm-hmm. and this I <laughs> I love that they chose for Sideways the Seven Soldiers of Victory, which a team that I I really like. I love the they're, Seven Soldiers of Victory. They're great. They're, yeah, great they're, team. You know, they're a bunch of weird oddball characters yes. that shouldn't belong together, but, you know, Grant Morrison made them work. Yep. At least that... Is that the same lineup that he had? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I love the way he did it, and I like seeing them back together. But, yep. Um, but, uh, but with this issue, what I really liked was that it's... I mean, there's there's a lot going on, but I still liked it at at its core. It was a lot of fun. Like Absolutely. it didn't skimp on the action. No, tons of action. Yes, and it didn't skimp on the. Um, I mean, there was some there was some humor here and there, yeah. mm-hmm. but um, but I just I really like it. Just felt like you know we always talk about like the silver agey stuff yes. and how even in at least for my for me even in some of the. Um, um, some of the like the only one that's written more modern right now is is Batman is King's Batman, but even he still like he brought the Psycho Pirate back. He he that's had, the most by far the most modern of the current yes, crop of DC. But even then, yeah. he still had an issue where Batman fought the Condiment King. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> so indeed. they still have it's still kind of seeping in even to that. So I I just love it's it's just it's a lot of fun. It makes me excited. I love the artwork. I love the the way that sideways fits into everything. Cause he reads so much like Spider-Man Yes, around all these characters who are, you know, 
the the established people and he's the young guy mm-hmm. and absolutely um i even like the way that i mean because i like you i don't I don't particularly care for the for the new Fifty Two Superman. I don't know how he survived. Oh God! I'm know. starting to think that it's not it's that he's from another part of the Dark Multiverse. It's they, possible. They mentioned that it's and this is Grant Morrison playing with that right now. That it, every universe from the Dark Multiverse is like a slight alteration or yes. a greater alteration of the regular one. I think that's who that Superman is. And he doesn't have the dude bro crew haircut. Exactly. No. And he doesn't have the attitude of the the dude bro Superman either, yeah. which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like the way that he was used in this issue. I yes. like that they chose to have him stay behind because at the end of the day, that's what Superman would do. Right. This universe needs a Superman. That's right. And I'm going to be that guy. So. That's right. Great. Um, yep. I agree. Totally agree. So I think, I mean, <laughs> for new readers, it's probably not the most. Oh no. Cause annuals this, are usually oh, the ones where, Oh, oh you know, you oh, can just come, come on in and this have, is have not some fun. New reader friendly, not new reader friendly no, at all. You would be no. lost. Hopelessly lost. Oh yeah. And I, I think that, um, because the one character with the unseen, the Paris, the the benevolent, I I mean, he's been an annoyance in the title, not like in a bad way, but like, right. oh my god, I hate this dude. But right. he just he just gets crushed by a rock. I'm like, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but um, like the thing with Gloriana, like we didn't really develop her that much. No, but I liked the reveal of like the the Guardian is the other one, yep. which is another part of the DC universe that's being brought in, and. I'd, it's even with some stuff like that, we're like, well, you know, they probably could have developed this a little more. I still just had a good time reading it, and that's honestly what, what I'm looking for when I yeah, read this title. Totally so. agree with you. I, I, this title's this title sideways has been a blast to read. I love it. Mm-hmm. It, it, and of course, obviously, being the massive fan of the multiverse, mm-hmm. this title is right up my alley because yeah. sideways is all about the multiverse, mm-hmm. and. I adore the characters. I think the unseen are very cool, mm-hmm. modern interpretations of some neat golden age characters. Mm-hmm. I think the seven soldiers of victories are just fantastic period. I love them to pieces. Yeah. I would love for them to get a new title. I get that there's justice league dark, but that's not the seven soldiers of victory. No, it's not the same thing. And I will say to their credit, it doesn't read like they're trying to do that. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, yeah. So, I'm def- definitely not. Yeah. Definitely so there, not. There is room definitely for not. them. Right, and yeah. That's what I'm saying. If DC feels like you can only have one or the other, sure. I disagree. Oh, yeah. Seven definitely. Soldiers Victory is an entirely different type of franchise. You can mm-hmm. have both. Oh, I would yeah. love to get a Seven Soldiers title. Mm-hmm. These are great, great characters, and they're just so much fun together. Sideways yeah. is a great character as well. He, I continue to love this character. He is very much like the Peter Parker of the DCU. Mm-hmm. He is a fun character. His reaction to everything that goes on around him he is us and the way yeah. he reacts is how we're reacting he is just such a genuine character he's a fun character he's an easy to like character mm-hmm. I, I i i this is a blast title to read no this is not a new reader friendly title that no. does concern me this is not a title that i can just simply tell everyone hey buy this latest issue and you'll know what's going on you won't yeah you won't know what's going on this is definitely a title, though, that you should buy in trade format. Mm-hmm. Go out and buy in trade format. Because that will keep it alive. Please. Yes, buy in trade format. And once you caught up to speed, start buying the monthly copy. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't just hop in on the monthly now. Go buy the back. Go buy yeah. the trade first. Mm-hmm. Read the trades and then start buying the monthly. Yes. This is a lot going on in this, mm-hmm. this, this title. Talk about dense storytelling. Oh, yeah. Very dense. Multiple plot lines. 
tons of characters, very detailed, very mm-hmm. interesting, but it's a lot to consume. It's a lot to take on at one yeah. time. Buy the trades first. Mm-hmm. And then start reading the monthly copies. Absolutely. It's such a good, good story, though. I loved it. I loved everything about it. It's just very, very fun and action-packed and um, just really well-delivered. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I also have to say, Stephen, uh, the artwork is by Andy Kubert, mm-hmm. Sandra Hope, and they have Brad Anderson as the cover. I don't know if that means he does the cover and some of the interior or just the cover. Yeah. I, it was hard to tell. I was going to ask about that because it doesn't seem like art by committee. It does not, so I'm thinking maybe it's Andy Kubert yeah. and... Hope and Anderson are doing or are trading off on the inks and the colors, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, Kai-Fi does the colors. So, yeah, Cooper must be doing the pencils, and Hope and Anderson maybe are trading off on the inks. That's my guess. They don't tell you. Yeah, the art's fantastic. Oh yeah, the art is fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, Zatanna uh-huh. looks fantastic. Oh, oh got the it. top hat on. Yeah, big fan. Big fan of Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Looking good. <laughs> um does it does are the are the nets in the right place they don't put fishnets on her but that's okay they don't put them on her arms <laughs> they don't need to ever be on the arms that's dumb but, but uh the art is really well done mm-hmm. how would you grade out sideways animal number one um i would give the i'm gonna give it straight eights i really 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 liked it a yeah, lot yeah yeah and with the you. um some of the little niggling issues keep from being a nine but yeah you know, it's very minor to I me. Totally agree with you, my friend. I'm gonna go nine night girls out of ten for the story. Nine night girls out of ten for the art. Okay. Absolutely, I'm on board, buddy. Nice. Uh, we're gonna touch on. We're not gonna review it because you didn't read it. But the sure. unexpected number six. The reason why I want to talk about it is because we we're dealing with Grant Morrison on the Green Lantern uh-huh. number one and Grant Morrison having a hand in Sideways Angel number one. And a lot going on with the Dark Multiverse and the multiverse in general and things are going on. Right. Mm-hmm. The unexpected is really dealing with the Dark Multiverse and the multiverse in general as well, Stephen. Okay. Really hmm. good stuff. You gotta read it. Okay. What's really big with this issue. And the only part that I really want to talk about, it's, it's, it's the end of a long story arc. So sure. it's, it's not really new reader friendly. You need to read the whole story arc to really enjoy this one single issue. It's a great issue. You've yeah. been on board since the beginning. It's, it's more great stuff. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely encourage everybody to read the unexpected in trade format. Please go read it and then start buying the, 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 the monthly floppies. Mm-hmm. Again, there's so many of these New Age of Hero titles are so damn good. Yeah. And the unexpected and sideways are two wonderful examples of two comics that are fantastic. They deserve support. Yes. Go buy it in trade and then start reading it monthly. What was so important from this issue, Stephen, is that um, the uh, character, the bad Samaritan, is back, mm-hmm. and he brings back a character, Stephen. Hmm. Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh. You see a a uh, at the end of the issue, um, the our our main characters are um, are greeted by a Danu. Headhunter of the Tempest Fugonauts, mm-hmm. right? Right. And he tells Hawkman and and his team that they are they 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 they're crossing through the multiverse, and they've gone to they arrive to a particular area that is off limits. This mm-hmm. area is called the Bleed. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, we were just talking about the Bleed, weren't we? Yes. Okay. So Grant Morrison's creation 
mm-hmm. what holds, what binds the multiverse together. It's what it's it's the part of the multiverse that's in between the the universes. Right. That's called the bleed. Well, that's where they are, and the punishment is death. And this Tempest Fugonaut's about to take him out. And our heroes are like, no, you don't understand. Bad Samaritan's back, and something's going on. We don't know what's going on. We didn't ask to be brought here. Mm-hmm. And before Tempest Fugonaut can can uh, lay down some justice, he gets killed, hmm. gutted. And who is it? Mandrak. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Mandrak uh, is back. back. Wow. Steven, what do you think about that turn of events? Well, given that I never thought anyone would ever address anything from Final Crisis ever again. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's, that's very interesting. Wow. Isn't that? Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's someone <laughs> not named Grant Morrison referencing mm-hmm. anything from Final Crisis yeah. is amazing. Because let's be honest, you and I both adore Final Crisis. Yeah. It's my favorite crisis event by far mm-hmm. and uh but let's be honest <laughs> once that event was done nobody was touching it no nobody was coming with <laughs> no one was going to touch that with a 10-foot pole no right no. I just they, they just weren't <laughs> and the only person to ever follow up on it was grant morrison himself yeah and, <laughs> in multiversity and then um, <laughs> wow <laughs> so um and then someone else is doing it and it's mandrak that's that that was grant morrison's big that was the big bad guy. That was guy. the big bad guy mm-hmm. in Final Crisis. Everybody thought it was um, Dark Side. Dark Side. But it wasn't. That was the swerve. Yeah. Brilliant swerve, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Brilliant swerve. But the, the big swerve was that, yeah, no, Mandrak was actually the uh, the bad guy. Yes. Um, I, I went nuts. <laughs> I went nuts, Steven. I went nuts. Yeah. I, I, for anyone who doesn't know, Mandrak is the dark monitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to go read Final Crisis. <laughs> but Get the entire thing because dc's publishing just just botched that whole thing to... yeah yeah yeah, absolutely he's basically uh, the vampire uh he's basically like a vampire god yeah the multi yeah the, the, va- the dark vampire god of the multiverse who's sucks on the bleed and destroys universes and that's what that's kind of what the thing with dark side was he was dragging the earth down mm-hmm. to mandrax level basically bingo that's right so just wow huh mm-hmm. how cool is that steven that's uh, that is pretty cool. I'm not so, I'm not gonna lie to I mean, you. So like like we're saying all the stuff that's going on, whether it's in Justice Justice League mm-hmm. titles, or in <laughs> Doomsday Clock, or yep. the Green Lantern, or Sideways, or Unexpected. I mean, it, it yeah, it's it's all coming together, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And I like this is good editorial work. Oh yeah, this is good editorial work. Finally, <laughs> right? It's, it's just it's it's amazing. I am so so impressed how they're pulling it all together across all the different titles. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, my friend, let's end it up with Justice League number eleven, shall we? All right. This issue brought to us Scott Snyder mm-hmm. uh, doing the words. Yes. And of course, you know the credit page, Stephen, has to be on the back. <laughs> never, never can, never can work with me. Um, Come on, editorial. <laughs> right. The uh, the uh, the art, meaning the pencils, the inks, and the colors. Mm-hmm. Francis Manipal just doing everything. Oh, just, he, uh, he he doesn't need no that help. That dude. He doesn't uh, need no help. Uh, he doesn't. <laughs> he really doesn't. The guy is just on fire. Yes. Uh, we begin with a flashback scene of Mara looking at uh, uh, Atlantis and how it's the crown jewel and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we move to the best part of the issue, Steve. <laughs> Batman. 
and the Hall of Justice. Of course. And it's about to get overwhelmed by all the flooding. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to prepare all the emergency measures to try to evacuate the Hall of Justice and what can he do and whatever, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's zipping along in his little hover chair. And what is the one valuable he gets? The one valuable, Stephen, that he gets out of the whole Hall of Justice that he's going to take with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Jaro. Jaro. <laughs> Jaro. Even better, though. Even better. Even better. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he is safe. He, uh, his whole goal is to safeguard the totality. The totality yes. Right? That's the mm-hmm. one thing he's trying to save before the hall just gets flooded out. Mm-hmm. And so he tells Jaro, he says, Jaro, use your telepathic powers. Can anyone, can you sense anyone? Can you link me to anyone at all? And he goes, damn it, League. If you can hear me, the totality is safe for now, but the hall, dot, dot, dot. And then Jaro goes, I'm getting nothing, Dad. <laughs> no one. What? Jaro just called Batman Dad. <laughs> and the best part, Steven, Batman doesn't correct him. <laughs> Batman's perfectly fine with it. He just keeps on going on. He just keeps going on. As if nothing happened. Steven. Starro. Jaro is... Batman's new ward. Is he not? Is he is this the next Robin? I, I think so. This is the newest I'm, Robin, isn't I'm it? I really think it's so. This is the newest Robin. <laughs> Jaro is the newest Robin. How awesome. He's cradling Jaro. Like I would cradle Coco the pug. Yeah. I was gonna say this this is I know why you love it so much. It reminds you of you and Coco. Yes, yes. He's cradling the Jaro like Coco the Pug. And he called he Jaro calls him dad. Steven, I, I died at this point. I died. I just passed right out on the floor, and I didn't read the rest of the issue. I, I just—I don't know why I love this so much. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I don't know why I love this so much, but I do. I absolutely. This is why I adore this title. Yeah, it's stuff like this. I don't know what to say. I know it's dumb, but it's stuff like this that makes me just love this title so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not afraid to be a little goofy. Right. It's a superhero title. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and so I'm trying to pull myself together. And so we go we cut to Superman Flash and Mera all teaming up to try to fight back the uh, aquatic monsters and try to deal with the tide. Mm-hmm. And then we see cut back to the blood reef where the space gods are gonna make Aquaman walk the plank mm-hmm. into the cosmic jetsam. Blah blah blah. Yes. And so eventually he tries to put up a little bit of fight, mm-hmm. but he can't overpower him because he doesn't have his powers anymore. Yeah. And they push him over the plank, but luckily, ba-ba-ba, Wonder Woman is there. I've got you. I got you, babe. Uh huh. And so she's like, all right, let's get out of here. We've got to get back to Earth and help our heroes. They're, they're about to get flooded over. And Aquaman's like, no, 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 no. We don't have to go to Earth. We need to go to the graveyard of the gods and get Poseidon, and he can give my powers back, and he can help us save everything. And Wonder Woman's like, um, okay. Mm-hmm. Under protest, she agrees. Are you sure? <laughs> right. And then we cut to Mero, Superman, Flash, in the Atacama Desert, the driest place on Earth, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Evidently, the tomb of Arion is located here. Get a very ironic guy from Atlantis. They put him in the driest place on yeah. Earth, so mm-hmm. no one knew where he was. <laughs> and Mero's like, look, there's something we need to get from his tomb. Superman sees it with his X-ray vision, and they cut away from that scene back to the boat with Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Heading into the graveyard of the gods, and woof, it's very impressive looking. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> they enter into it, and right as they enter into it, we cut oop, back to the tomb of Arion, mm-hmm. and we see our heroes there have found the tear of extinction. That is what they need to help um, to uh, combat the space gods, because that's mm-hmm. what they uh, Arion used back in the day yeah. to defeat the space gods. Mm-hmm. 
Evidently, it has. It's, it's the opposite of life. It's the elixir of death. There you go. Mm-hmm. Of course, before they can get it, oh no, one of the space gods appears on the scene along with his Kraken yeah, and Black Manta. Mm-hmm. And Black Manta's like, I got all the power, boo. Oh, and by the way, I'm the one who called the space gods down. That's right. I did it. Uh, along with my Legion of Doom allies. So what y'all think about that? <laughs> and so Mira's like, it's on. And she starts fighting, and he's like, and Black Man's like, yeah, going to take me out. And so he powers up, and the flood hits, mm-hmm. and that's not good, Steven. No. The flood just, hits. Especially since the Flash is already fighting off an infection. Yeah. He's using his super speed to fight it off. Yeah. So we cut back to the Great of the Gods, and we see the Great, you know, you have a, what's the three-headed dog, uh, guards the human underworld yeah so here's a three-legged a three-headed tiger <laughs> yes <laughs> and so they make their way past that mm-hmm. and in there they find poseidon and, and important to note that it's empty except for poseidon yeah he's the only one there isn't that yes. curious that's very great of gods he's the only one there mm-hmm. mm. spidey sense is going off <laughs> yes and, indeed <laughs> <laughs> and so uh aquaman's like look you gotta get my powers back and we need to go save the earth and Poseidon's like, you think I'm your savior? You're an idiot, Arthur Curry of Earth. You know, if you think I'm your savior, then you're already dead. And he freaking impales yeah. Aquaman with his trident. Yeah. Steven. He, he makes a Aquaman I, kebab pretty I much. I did not see that yeah. one coming. Yeah. Holy cow. Mm. Great scene, oh, but yeah. whoa, talk about a swerve. <laughs> I was like, what? Then we go back to the Hall of Justice. The floodwaters are coming. Batman's trying to communicate. No, he can't communicate to anybody. Jaro, his trusty son, is like, Dad, are we going to be okay? Jaro, the ward of Batman. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a title. That's going to be a title, Stephen. I, I want to print it. Ward of Batman. <laughs> Number one. No, we it, need... ha- it has to be Jaro. Yes, Jaro. Jaro. Ward of Batman. <laughs> Come on, make it happen. Uh, I, I like this part. Jaro goes. He's like, he's uh, Jaro goes. I can't reach anyone. Are are we gonna be okay? Batman tells the starfish, it will be all right. <laughs> he's talking to they the starfish. Yes, <laughs> you know he did. And so, and then uh, Batman says it's gonna take the totality and Jaro, mm-hmm. of course, and evacuate. Mm-hmm. But before he can. There's a big explosion, and you hear, knock, knock, Batman, can we come in? Or is this a bad time? And, oh, snap, Steven, <laughs> it is the Joker. It is Chia. It is Sinestro. It is Gorilla Grodd and Lex, Lex Luthor. Oh, oh, no. crap. <laughs> With a crippled Batman yeah. and Jaro. And Jaro, yes. The only two things standing between the Legion of Doom and the totality. <laughs> wow. And I gotta yeah. say, um, you know, so you got you got what Gorilla Grodd, Sinestro, Lex Luthor, Joker, Cheetah, those five on one side. Mm-hmm. You got Batman and Jaro on the other side. Yeah. Honestly, um, I don't like the Legion of Doom's odds in that fight. <laughs> 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 I think yeah. they're in trouble. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. they're in trouble, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen, Justice League number eleven. What you think? Um, well, uh, but how much yeah. we've laughed, you can tell we liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I, I really, really liked it. It's, um, it is, it's coming ever more clear that, yes, this is about the storyline that Snyder started 
Yes. This is about the Legion of Doom yes. and the Justice League. Yes. And but the way this still the way that he's integrating all the other stuff, like having Mara be in there yes. and um and tying in the mythology from Atlantis and Aquaman is It's nice is, icing on the Legion of Doom cake. Yeah, exactly. It's um it it does the work of furthering the Aquaman story and setting him up for what is inevitably oh. Oh, going to be his new title, <laughs> if, 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 if you will. Yes. yes. <laughs> and um, I, great, great swerves, you know? Oh, yeah. Just when yeah. you think you yeah. know what's yeah. good, because like, oh, well, this yes. is the part where they're going to find the right. thing and save the day. Like, right. nope, that's, that's not what's going to happen. Yep. Um, and I was like, oh, this is where Aquaman, he's going to get his powers back and blah, blah, blah. I was like, nope, that's, he's, uh, he's filleted. Yep. Um, and then, and then a poor, poor old uh, uh, Scarda Batman and and Jaro and the Legion Seriously. of Doom. It's like, wow. Okay, um, <laughs> that's 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 how you do a uh, that's how you do a lot of uh, oh, God, twist yes. endings because God, yes. it's it's just building and building and building and then you just it feels like when you're watching something, it's like, okay, how on how are they going to get out of this? Because it yeah. just it seems like the most impossible odds. Yes. And I mean, with the Legion of Doom, I'm like, okay, well, okay, a Jaro could like take out most of them, but oh wait, Gorilla Grodd is a psychic. That's right. So he could. And I'm like, oh well, crap. <laughs> exactly. It's a seemingly impossible situation, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. It's even the final seven pages of this issue are sheer brilliance. Yes. Sheer brilliance. Mm-hmm. Snyder is a. The guy is just. Yeah, he's just next level right now. Snyder's mm-hmm. just next level. Yeah, the, the way he structures this issue, I'm sorry, it's phenomenal. The yeah. structuring this issue is brilliant. He builds up Mira, Flash, and Superman about to get the tear ex- extinction. Yeah, to combat the flooding and stop the space gods. He's got Aquaman and Wonder Woman right about to get Poseidon mm-hmm. and get the power back and get help to go yeah, beat the bad the day, guys. Right? Yeah. We have every and. We got every, and we got Batman with the totality. Mm-hmm. It's safe and secure. Jarlow is safe and secure. He's about to evacuate. <laughs> Everything's okay there, right? Yes. We got all three plot lines. Everything is okay. We're on the cusp of all three plot lines being okay mm-hmm. until it's not. <laughs> yeah. And those final <laughs> seven pages, boom, tier of extinction, wrong, black mana, space, uh, the sea god, they're there. Mm-hmm. You lose heroes. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman <laughs> getting Poseidon and getting Aquaman's powers back. Uh, yeah, Wrong. Okay. <laughs> Aquaman gets killed. Yeah. There's and then yeah. Batman. You think you have the totality and Jaro is safe and you're about to escape? No. Nope. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Five members of the Legion of Doom are there in the Hall of Justice. Yeah. Oh my God, Stephen. How that that is this is brilliant story <laughs> construction. You got hope with all three plot lines. Yep. And then in seven pages, all three plot lines, the hope is Just. dashed. Just not totally one dashed. after the other. It's like, this, good this is, God. This is such good writing. Yeah, This is, is great story construction. Mm-hmm. And you were, and the reader is at the edge of their seat. By the time you get to the final page, Stephen, you're like, your tongue is hanging out. <laughs> wait, wait, your heart's beating. You're like, I need the next issue now. Yeah. It's like, can we, can we, can we please? It, it, it's, it is, Stephen, just, gosh, the plotting. Mm-hmm. The plotting and the pacing are fantastic. Yes. And, and the character work is great. The dialogue is awesome. And despite everything, we still get good humor as oh, well. Yeah. And, and despite all how seemingly dire everything is, there's a star starfish in a jar that calls yes. Batman Dad. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, no matter no matter how horrible things are going, yes, the the whole 
and, and there are big there, are, and, and you got major stakes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in this story, the direst stakes. Yes, but everything is fun. Yeah, it's you have a smile on your face throughout mm-hmm. the whole. Th- you're smiling and grinning throughout the whole thing. I mean, yes. you appreciate the danger. Don't get me wrong. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's terrible danger, and, and, and it, it, it impacts you. But but mm-hmm. you're having a blast reading yes. this story. The story is just 100 percent unadulterated fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. If this doesn't get you excited, then you just don't know superhero. You, you, you must not like superhero comics that much. Yes, this is just. I 100 percent agree with that. <laughs> I, you, I get giddy. This yeah. is how I used to look at comic books. Stephen, this is how I used to feel about superhero comic books when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt like this since I was a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, but this is the power of a superhero comic book. Yeah. And it's it's one of those like It I should mean, be fun. Oh yeah. I'm paying money. Why should I pay money for something that doesn't make make me happy or or isn't fun or enjoyable? That doesn't make sense. Well, I, I watch those I mean, kinds of movies, I, but okay. I, I, I mean <laughs> some some may say, you know, I spend Money on, you know, a wife, and that ostensibly should make me happy. But there's marriage. <laughs> Steven! I'm just kidding! It's a joke! Steven! No, I'm, I'm just, I'm concerned for you, because I'm sure coming barreling through the door any minute will probably be your wife, and you will be dead, and we will host a new podcast. <laughs> I know! I always say, I was trying to think, what, what are things you spend a lot of money on that aren't fun? Hmm, wife and kids. Wife and kids in a house. Those aren't fun, and you spend a lot of money on them. No, it's, it's, a, it's a joke. I love my wife, I love my kids, and I, and I like my house. It's all good. <laughs> And then the butt. <laughs> I, I'm the glad you, the pug. I, I love this one. Yeah. Right. I'm glad she doesn't listen to the podcast. All I can say. No, Stephen. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, um, and I agree with you. I mean, I mean, nothing will ever give me as much pure fanboy glee as JLA Avengers. Yep. But I, re- I just noticed after reading this, I've been catching up on the Aquaman series because, of course, the movie's coming out. Yes. And I'm trying to see, you know, if I give this to a friend of mine who is a comic book reader but mm-hmm. wants to catch up and mm-hmm. whatnot. It's like, okay, well, th- will this help him prepare for the movie? I noticed there is a story arc in Aquaman where they, and this is just random whatever speculation, mm-hmm. but Advent's involved in this, so I'd have to wonder where Aquaman and Mera fight a creature that um, takes over people through the use of, quote-unquote, strange water that comes from another planet right. in the universe somewhere. Right. I'm like, hmm, maybe. Uh-huh. But at random observation aside, that like this is the fact that everything is starting to become connected so much yes. is so exciting and it makes me think things like that. Yes. And I love that. Amen. Because it's, you know, it really feels like everything matters, you know. Totally agree. And that's just awesome. But it just I mean, first of all, I mean, I would talk about the art cuz Francis Manipal is a great artist. Um, he really kills it. I, I really just, I, I haven't said that. I really love how the, the, the crazy sea gods look. Yeah. Like they just look so interesting. I love that Poseidon looks kind of like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And that, you know, you have this connection. You wonder about like, it makes you wonder about his motivations of mm-hmm. getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that just those. I mean, they're more, I guess, dramatic villain shots when the Legion of Doom oh, shows yeah, up yeah, or when yeah. he, Aquaman gets stabbed. And right. It just it hits you with just the right amount of impact that, you know, is appropriate for a big mm-hmm. big event, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the little, like, character moments because, like, like, the little bantering between Aquaman and Wonder Woman about where to go where she's like, are you sure? 
Because Poseidon wasn't really a helper yeah, exactly. where I come from. Right. <laughs> like, you really want this guy to It's great, us? great foreshadowing, by the way. Very good. Um, Very good. But I really, my favorite was at the beginning when Aquaman, he's about to walk the plank, and he's he says, well, you know, you took my powers, but you forgot one thing. I live with Batman. Yes. <laughs> he starts and kicking it, some butt. And even though, of course, I mean, they use that to... Like he takes out some of the the, the mooks. Yes. But then when he goes for one of the guys, they're just like, Please. whatever, and just toss, toss him, him in. And while that's great for Aquaman, because it shows that like he's not going to go down without a fight. Right. It also, of course, builds them up. It's like whatever, dude. Like get out of here. Yeah, exactly. And it it uh, and it makes you wonder, like how powerful was Aquaman really? Exactly. Makes you wonder. Really. Which I'm hoping we'll find out when he gets his powers back. Oh, I hope so too. Um, because it's it's obviously building to that moment. He's gonna be more of a heavy of, hitter. He's gonna get his powers back, or he's gonna get some kind he's, of power he, back. And he's gonna kick. He's some gonna ass. get a power upgrade. I have a feeling. Yes, and it's gonna be. Oh, oops! <laughs> <laughs> I hit the mic. I was so excited. It's gonna be. I just I. There's I I cannot imagine that this will go wrong. I I'm with you I, on this. I am super excited, and just I agree. Yeah, it, totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> and and like you, the artwork is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Francis Monopole is just amazing. Mm-hmm. He does everything and he does it well. It's a beautiful issue. Yeah, the layouts are fantastic. The 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 big you know action shots are amazing. The dramatic shots are amazing. He mm-hmm. just he he puts so much energy and life into the story with his artwork. It's so dynamic. It's just wonderful looking artwork. Yeah. Just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so how would you grade out Just League number eleven? Um, I would give. I will give the. You know what? I'm going to give it straight nines because nice. I thought this was great. This is what a big oh, yeah. event should be. Yep. But you know, well, I mean, compared to what else we have, right? True. Out Fair there, yeah. there's only one other one that really matches. Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really. I, this is just more more perfection. Amen, brother. Like, sorry, this there they this is a clinic on how to do things like this. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I'm gonna give Just League number eleven nine night girls out of ten for the story, nine night girls out of ten for the artwork. Mm-hmm. And Steven, look, uh, we were gonna do only DC comics, but and then do a separate podcast for Marvel. Sure. But I made the executive decision. There's just not much oh, talk the about Marvel. Decision. Yeah, there's not much talk about Marvel this week. Just the selection of comics from Marvel. I just I, none yeah, of they're it. They're kind of lame. Just. It just wasn't a big... DC just yeah. had a lot of big titles coming out this yes, week. Justice definitely. League and Green Lantern. They just had mm-hmm. a lot coming out. Yeah. And, and even some we didn't talk about, you know. Yeah, sometimes so. that happens. Sometimes you just get a week that's just meh, you know. Yeah, I mean, DC has has one every yeah. month, too, so... So, and this for Marvel, I just... I kept looking through everything. I was just like, I don't... Ugh, mm-hmm. What is there? So, I figured we'd discuss... I'm not recapping it, because I refuse to recap this <laughs> issue. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Infinity Wars number five... Loki uh, plays Steven, with some rocks. Again, yeah, <laughs> Loki plays with rocks. It's it, it's written by Jerry Duggan. The art's well, my dear daughter rocks. Jr. <laughs> Frank uh-huh. does the colors. Yes, Loki should kick rocks. <laughs> I don't know, Steven. The long and short of it is Loki got all the Infinity Stones. Yeah. And he did it by pickpocketing everyone else. Yeah, even though they are supposedly powered by the Infinity Stones. So they should know so they should what's know what. what's going on. And uh, they got out. Yay, plot progression. And then and I we're guess just wasting time. They got these stones from alternate universes or something. I, don't I know. guess. Apparently, Gamora's got Gamora the stones had too. some, in the, but it's the little Gamora. 
in the Soul Gem? Why is there a little Gamora? Is she separate? I thought they united Gamora. That was the whole point. And the older Gamora thing. has all this. Yeah, the she has all the regular stones, and then they come out, and then she can't use the stones against them for some reason, or she's just terrible at it for some reason now. Oh, and Moon Dragon's in it. And the Philovel, I think she's dead. I hope she's dead. <laughs> oh, God. She's not um, dead. She's not dead. Oh, my She's going to be in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Oh, jeez. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. Um, yes, and stuff happens, and Loki is going somewhere, and there's a bunch of Infinity Gems. And then there's, oh, there's Celestials. Oh, hi. Okay, cool. It's over now. And the Thank team that, that <laughs> defeats Gamora is the team of Loki. Uh, uh, Emma Frost. Emma Frost, Miss Marvel, Ant-Man, <laughs> Kang, and Hulk. Great. Oh, and Adam Warlock is in there somewhere. I don't know what he's done. But nobody knows what's going on in this no, title. Nobody, no. This story is a mess, Stephen. The reason why I don't want to recap it is because there's there's uh, stories that are convoluted because they're so wonderfully written. Yes. And so so detailed and intricate, mm-hmm. like yes. a Grant Morrison title. Sure. Trying to recap. About Final Crisis. Trying, yeah. to, trying to recap an issue of Final Crisis would be very hard. Oh, yeah. It would take you a long time. Yeah. It's hard to recap an issue like that. Yeah. Okay? You'd have to put on a <laughs> put, on, put, put us by a fireplace. And right. Then, Hello, and welcome to That's Final right. Crisis Review. Fireside <laughs> Chats. And yeah. so, uh, and then there are issues that are um, hard to recap because they're so convoluted, because they're so poorly written. Yeah. And that would be this. Mm-hmm. Infinity, I, Infinity Wars is so poorly written yeah. that it makes no sense mm-hmm. because it's so shoddily put together, and that makes it a challenge to recap. Yes. Because you're like, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody cares because nope. this, this story yes, is, because is a hot mess. You put a bunch yes. of uh, plot lines in a blender, hit mm-hmm. blend, and then poured out the goop into the pages of this comic. There's no rhyme or reason to anything. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to take you to task for that because you say that it's a hot mess and it's just poorly written. I, I want you... To take that back because oh. this is an insult. Calling it that is an insult to comics that are poorly written. <laughs> this is a disaster. Yeah, it really is. It's hideous. This is a dumpster fire of a comic, it, it, isn't it? It's an. It, they should be embarrassed that this yeah. is. I mean, this is this is next level bad. Yeah, like I am. I am shocked that this is Jerry Duggan. I cannot believe that this is him. Like yeah. there's, I, uh, there's, I'm I'm sorry, I don't believe that that's him. They handed it to the janitor well, or something. Seriously, and this it's is like, what came out. Th- there there are stories that don't make sense. Like you know, I, I, there's great stories. Like, when you say something doesn't make sense, th- that can be that can be a positive or a negative. Sure. Like uh, David Lynch's Lost Highway. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I mean, most all of them. Well, most of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you could say that about you know. Inland Empire, you could say that about yeah, um, Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive, uh, Twin but, Peaks. Uh, but we'll take, we'll take, but just take Mulholland Drive or, or Lost Highway. Sure. Yes, it doesn't make much sense. No, uh, but it's not supposed to. No, it's not supposed to make sense. Yeah, exactly. And and it's supposed to be fun trying to figure out what's going on. Yes, because they're so because it's so well done. Yeah, and okay. there there's enough there that you can come to a conclusion on your own. Right. This Infinity Wars doesn't make any sense because it's poorly written. Yeah. And on top of it, it's supposed to make sense. Yeah. Jerry Duggan isn't trying, isn't doing what David Lynch does, where he's trying to write a story that doesn't make sense no. to try to get you to engage your imagination, try to figure out what the puzzles mean, what yeah. the puzzle pieces mean. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be a story that makes total sense. Yeah. This is supposed to be a linear story that makes complete sense, but it doesn't because it's so poorly written. Yeah. 
that's the that's, difference. That's right. Yeah. Is, is is that did I put my finger on it? Um, I th- I think I I think I think you did. Yeah. I, th- I think you also I think we failed to mention the fact that clearly nobody gives. I'm just gonna say nobody gives a shit. Right. Like Duggan is writing a story that he is writing a linear story in his mind. He's writing a linear story going from A to B <laughs> to C that he wants everyone to understand and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except he's not trying to be like David Lynch, where I put a bunch of random shit on the screen and then go, "What do you yeah. think?" Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not doing that, but because it makes no sense, because it has no point, it mm-hmm. has no purpose, it looks like a meandering mess. <laughs> it it just looks like a story that is hideously plotted and hideously constructed. Yeah. It's it that th- is boring and has no stakes and is yeah. dull. Mm-hmm. Things happen just because. Yes. They happen. Yes. Congratulations. Right. Um, and no that's rhyme, no reason, no internal logic, this, no nothing. Yeah, this... <laughs> I've seen terrible movies that are, that are written better than this. This is like... Yes. Like, I... I this, to me, this was written by somebody who was asleep. And even, like... Like, I mean, Stephen King put out Cujo while he was on drugs. Right. For God's sake. Right. This is... I... I I don't know how else to explain it. He took the check and didn't care. Right. And Marvel said, okay, we'll just go with that. There seems to be no effort. There's no, and no effort, no concern. We got to get here, so just just, just do it. Just do whatever. I'm like, okay. And at what point does the reader even care or get no. invested? They never do. No, never, ever, never gets invested. Ever. You and don't that care. Is you what, could give a shit. You yes. Turn, you end the issue, you, you give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, did something happen? Don't, I don't care. I don't remember. Whatever. Moving on. Toss it. It's hideous. Toss it in the trash. I game. mean, I'm not even gonna grade it. It's not worth a grade. <laughs> no. It's not even worth a I grade. Think, I think I think you know what the grade is. Yeah, it's one. It's a one night girl out there. You're gonna that's that's generous. <laughs> You're gonna give it a zero, aren't <laughs> and you? I would give it a, a big fat goose egg that is right. crushed in the corner, rotting away in some awful restaurant that you don't want to go to because it stinks and there's rats in there is the worst. Mm-hmm. It is maybe Marvel's, at least from this decade or the decade before, it may be their worst big event in the I, last two decades. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't want to go way back because you know there's Atlanta's attacks and things like well, that. True, but right. you know th- it's, oh, that's weird, isn't it? It's putrid. <laughs> it's bad. It is very, very bad. It is really, really bad. Ugh. Uh, that, that hurts. That really hurts me. It's, yeah. It just, it kills me. I agree. The, the only issue that remotely interested me, Stephen, this week from Marvel was Marvel Knights 20, the 20th. 20th? Yeah, I think it's 20th one. anniversary, yeah. And uh, it looks like this must be a new big event. I guess. And there was no news about it. It's uh, evidently all the classic Marvel Knights characters. Sure. Daredevil, Punisher, um... And the um, like, Electra, Electra, people like that, uh, Moon Knight, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Jones, Luke, Luke Cage, Cage, probably. Uh, they've uh, they've all lost their their memories. Memory. Oh, yeah. Logan is also another one, and so mm-hmm. is Tony Stark. Yeah, that's right. Um, they've all lost their memories. Mm-hmm. They don't know who they are, and um, evidently, uh, Bruce Banner it knows who they are somehow. He found yeah. out found out that they've had their memories wiped mm-hmm. and so he's now uh, woken Cass Frank Castle up mm-hmm. and he and uh, Bruce Banner is having Frank Castle drive around trying to wake up everyone else they've yeah. woken up Logan they've woken up Steve Rogers 
Mm-hmm. They try to wake up Matt Murdock. He wakes up to the heat, remembers being Daredevil, but he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's yeah. happened to him. And, and he doesn't want to be with them, so he runs off. Yeah, and it's implied that even uh, Frank Castle doesn't remember everything. He right. remembers that he is the Punisher, but he doesn't remember how who we got Daredevil here. is. Yeah. And we see that Daredevil goes to his law firm, and it's now Nelson and Walters, yeah. which is great. She Hulk, <laughs> Jen Walters. Yeah. And, uh, and they even, like, he, he tries to get away, and she grabs him, and he says, Wow, you're strong. <laughs> but you can see her hand turns green. Yeah. It's just her hand, though, which is kind of cool. Um, that's, that's, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. But Foggy doesn't know who he is. Jen Walters doesn't know who he is. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Matt makes a quick getaway and starts praying on a rooftop, and out of nowhere comes Karen Page. Yep. from the Kevin Smith run, mm-hmm. and she's kind of angelic light on her as she holds his head and is like, you know, I'm here. Yeah, and that that the and that plot line there. Yes, and you cut to Bullseye. He doesn't know who he is either. Yeah. Um, he's working for Kingpin, and who Kingpin also doesn't know doesn't who know who is. Matt Murdock is at yeah. all mm-hmm. either. And um, so he's trying to figure out who. Matt Murdock is who Punisher is. He doesn't know who any of these people are. Electra. Yeah, he doesn't know any of these there's people are. um and of course from the Marvel Knights they look up and there is a a picture of an of an of a black man that says Panther in question mark on it, mm-hmm. which of course Black Panther is mm-hmm. arguably one of their more successful. Oh, easily. Run. Yeah, and then um, we find out that uh, Kingpin is working for someone else in this effort to find these people, mm-hmm. these sleepers, right? Yeah, and that this... person is none other than. Doctor, Doctor Doom, Doom yep. and he has crossbones with him and, and Taskmaster, Taskmaster. Yeah. and that's the end of the issue. Yep. Uh, the issue was written by uh, yeah, it was, it's written by uh, Coates, isn't yeah, it? Do- Donnie Coates, yeah, mm-hmm. not that Coates, Donnie Coates, Donnie Coates, yeah. correct. Donnie Cates, <laughs> sorry, Cates, my bad. Cates. Oh. The pencils by travel uh, travel foreman mm-hmm. and um, inks by Derek Fridolfs and colors by Matt Miller. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 um, it's an intriguing. It's read. interesting. I will say this this yeah. kind of flew under the radar for me, Stephen. I didn't. Oh yeah, I didn't see any didn't, news about it at all. I didn't hear about this in the least bit. No, um, I didn't even know it was Marvel Knights' twentieth anniversary. Me neither. <laughs> I just I forgot about that. And and it it's an interesting big event. It's like an Elseworld story almost, yeah. isn't it? It, it? It seems like it. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know where. It, where it's, it fits in with what else is going on with the yeah, Marvel it's universe. Like it's, it's like it's parallel in the way that Marvel Knights was, where it was clearly yeah. distinct, but it was still in the same universe. Yeah. So I'm it's not strange. sure. Yeah, it's very strange. But, I mean, and that's the thing with Marvel. Like, you know, with DC, everything is starting to really fit come together. together. Gosh, yes. But Marvel Gosh, yes. still has that very scattershot. Ooh. Well, it's kind of happening, I guess. Marvel still feels very fractured and, yeah, to me. Yeah, and it's... Um, and nothing fits together. Yeah, it's kind of... It's like, okay, well, I guess it's a universe. It's not back, you know, after Heroes are Warren, where it's like, okay, let's take a stop from the right. Avengers so we can catch everybody up. Continuity has happened. Mm-hmm. Steve doesn't have a shield anymore. Let's talk about that. Okay, next thing. And then they went on with their plot, and right. then they they were repeat. Um, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, no, and I think it, I think it's kind of hard for new readers. I mean, you you see, hey, Marvel Knights twentieth number one. I'm gonna pick this up, and then you're like, yeah. Well, I know what that is, Marvel Knights. Wait, wait what is? How does? What's going on? How Fantastic does this fit? Four is did, back. Did I miss? Did I miss another big event? Did I miss something else in the Marvel? Yeah, like, they know how, Logan's back. Yeah, like how does this? How does this fit in with? Is this a flashback? Is this a story that takes place back in the nineties? Yeah, is, this a, is it a? You don't. It, it, yeah. it, the, the reader. 
isn't that told. They don't know. Yeah. The, the, isn't told in the beginning where this fits into the context of the current Marvel universe. Yeah. So I think that's that's a that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, which is too bad because I like the story. Yeah. I, like I, I actually thought the issue was really well done, mm-hmm. Stephen. And I think the concept is really fascinating. I think yeah. it's a really fascinating concept mm-hmm. of these characters that have something's happened to them. Yeah. And they've all been basically put to sleep, and now there's. They're Bruce Banner. Back, we yeah. don't know how Bruce Banner knows yeah, what he they knows. S- they said, um, I think Castle said that there was he has a, a source that a comes source. to him at night, right? Which so... implies which implies that it's the Hulk, correct? But it's telling him, it's yeah. interesting. It, yeah. it, it's a fascinating mystery. It's mm-hmm. a fascinating setting. It's a neat yeah. concept, uh, and it's well written. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a very cool story i like it Mm -hmm. this is a much more fascinating big event than anything marvel has done in forever oh yeah absolutely by far yeah and i mean i like i am hooked i want to come back for more i want to read the next issue i Mm -hmm. think this is a really fascinating story yeah and it's funny that this issue this story that i've not heard anything about honestly is presenting a better big event story than yeah oh yeah anything marvel's been doing Mm mm-hmm uh, I think it's a neat, li- and if this is just going to be like its own little Elseworld story, that's fine. Oh, it's yeah. a neat little story. It's mm-hmm. really, but it's really, really well done. Yeah, I like it, and I was, I was engrossed by it. The setting was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I thought the character work was really well done. Oh, the yeah. dialogue was really well written. Mm-hmm. Kate's had a good feel for all the characters. Yeah, um, the the plotting it moved forward with a clear purpose. Had enough hints to keep you guessing, enough mm-hmm. mysteries to keep you guessing, but gave you just enough information so you didn't feel lost. Yeah. Um, it had some good action. It had good dialogue, heavy scenes. It, I liked the pacing. I liked the whole mood of the story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting. Really, yeah. it it hooked me immediately, and mm-hmm. it kept my interest through the very end. Yeah. I, I would definitely come back for the next issue. Yeah. I was very surprised. I was oh, very yeah, surprised. Same. Very surprised. And and that's because I read about it. Uh, so we were actually talking about it before the show, and I was I was just kind of flipping through. Um, and it was like, well, it's six issues, but they're all written by different people. Yes. And it's, it's, a, they, they kind of were, it's, like it's a story, stories in the Marvel universe and the style of Marvel Knights. And I mean, like, okay, that makes sense, but that doesn't seem like that's what this is. It no. seems like it's another event. Yeah, it does. And so I'm like, okay, so they don't know what they have. They clearly don't know. Cause right. If they thought it was a big event, they would have told everybody. We right. would have heard about it six months in advance. Agreed. We would know how it ends already. Agreed. And whatnot. But Agreed. I mean, maybe, maybe they just left it to the people, the writers, to yeah. just strange, isn't it? Do it, I guess. That's, that's really weird. And I'm surprised they didn't really hype it up because if this is Marvel Knights' 20th anniversary, that's a big deal. That yeah. was that was a big oh, in- initiative Marvel from Marvel, here. dude. I remember yeah. I was all over Marvel Knights back in the day. Yeah, I bought them all. Yeah. And it, <laughs> they were m- most of them were really good. Well, it helped save the company. Yeah, mm-hmm. helped save right. the company. And um, so yeah, it's it's strange, but I mean, like you, I really I've I've been very impressed by uh, Donny Cates. Oh, me too. Um, because he just kind of came out of me nowhere too. for me. But um, I like um, I uh, surprisingly I like Venom. It's not the greatest thing, but I I enjoy mm-hmm. reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and then I read this, and I'm like, oh wow, you know, he's got a he's got a good handle on these characters. Yeah, very much so. Um, I love how he wrote Jen Walters. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> now, why can't we get that Jen Walters in Avengers? Yeah, Steven? I know. Jen yeah. is such a good. This this issue is a good example. She's such a cool character. Yeah. So much better than what Jason Aaron's doing with her in Avengers. Yeah, and I agree with that. And whoever's writing her on her own title. Yeah, so much better. Yeah, <laughs> so I agree with that. Um, I. I really like the way that he wrote. I mean, it's kind of like a beginner's guide to this is what Daredevil's like. Oh, this, but is, the, this is my favorite kind of Daredevil. It's a great. Look, I know Daredevil. a lot of people won't agree, and it's cool. Everyone's got their own favorites, sure. and that's totally fine. And yeah. I respect that. And, and I'm not arguing against all, oh, all the other sure. versions. Yeah. We've got a lot of good Daredevil. Mark Wade's Daredevil was very good. That was, I love that. Was that was excellent, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, Frank Miller's Daredevil yes. is. is, is it's kind of, the of a definitive Daredevil. Got it. Yeah. I totally agree. Everybody follows him. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, you know, Brubaker's Daredevil was amazing. Yeah, Bendis's and, and Bendis's Daredevil was amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, but and, and while I will admit, my, my all-time favorite Daredevil is Frank Miller's Daredevil. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got that. Do you know what my second favorite Daredevil is? I'd already get killed for this. And don't come on. Again, I loved Wade's Daredevil. I loved Brubaker's Daredevil. Yes. And I love Bendis's Daredevil. Yes. I'll put that up. They're all three fantastic. Oh, yeah. My second favorite is Kevin Smith's Daredevil. Really? Yeah. I just really liked it. I know. I don't know what to tell you, Stephen. I know. I'm, I, I, now, I'm not I saying. I don't know what to say. I, I I'm really not, liked now, it. Now, I'm not saying that because I dislike Kevin Smith's right. Daredevil. I liked it. Mm-hmm. However,. It's not exactly what I would put in like the top five runs of Daredevil. I know, I know, and most people wouldn't. Most people are going to yeah. put Frank Miller, and then it's a, Miller, then, and, and then, then, and then, then the the success of, and then it's you take know, your pick, however you want to slot order, Bendis, Bendis and, and Brubaker and Wade, and Wade, yeah. But it's it's generally and that Soul, Charles, and Charles. I mean, that's really generally going to be how you're going to slot out your yeah. top four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I don't know what it is, Stephen. I don't know. I don't know what it is. That character has been pretty blessed with a lot of uh, incredible, oh, very writers. blessed. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason, I don't know what is this. The Kevin Smith run on Daredevil is like that's mm-hmm. like my second. Now, I mean, one. I mean, even watching the show, you know, they were influenced by that because like the thing about Kevin Smith that I really liked was mm-hmm. that they really delved into the to Matt Murdock's Catholicism. That's why I liked it, and that's yeah. why I liked it. And mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, full transparency, you know, sure. my family's Catholic, yeah, so Catholic, yeah. you know. That's what I was raised it's re- with. It's relatable. It's, yeah. And it's something, yeah, it's, and it's clearly something I understand and can relate sure. to in the whole conflict that comes along with being Catholic, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but it was it was always done with respect, I thought. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and very compelling. Mm-hmm. I thought, and it, it's so, um, I it's, guess it's, it's, you don't see uh, uh, Marvel or DC really um, getting into any, really investigating any character with deep uh Religious, religious views. Well, Christian well, or Catholic religious sure, views. Sure, sure. You don't see that that often. No, I mean even the ones they try to be a little more diverse with. It's like, well, she's a Muslim, right? And that's it. That's it. <laughs> Move but, on. Because I remember I read a story. Um, it's from a long time ago. But Gail Simone, would she she had um, I don't remember what title it was. But she had the Huntress, mm-hmm. and she wanted to tell a story. And she's an atheist, but she wanted to right. tell a story where. The Huntress kind of has a. Um, She's a big, big Catholic character. Oh yeah, but like she really has like a come to Jesus moment where she she grapples with like mm-hmm. her incredibly violent nature yep. and her religious beliefs, and she said, "Yeah, she had it all planned out. She brought it for DC, and DC told her to nix it because yeah. they didn't want to go there." Yep, yep. It's... And um, and so I was really surprised, like reading it, that Marvel really let 
Kevin Smith do that. And I mean, Kevin Smith is a Catholic, so right. So he gets so it. He, he understands knows. it too. Yeah. And so to have a, a a a story dealing with a character that is religious, written by a I wouldn't call him well, like religious, religious in the tra- traditional right. sense, but you know, someone who has that strong well, he has a, a strong faith-based background. background no let's doubt. say that. Yeah. No doubt. Then that's it just made it seem so much more authentic, you know? Yes. And that's probably why, why it ranks so high for me is because it's such an unusual yes. take on the character that mm-hmm. you just haven't, you didn't see before and you haven't seen since. Yeah, that's right. Because most people try to just avoid it or they oh, bring yeah. it up like in passing. Uh, well, he's Irish Catholic. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, they'll, they'll bring it up as like, well, you know, Matt, him and his Catholic guilt, you know? So. Right. Because it's, it's, a, it's, it's a go-to kind of. It, it's a trope. Yeah, and it and it sums up, you know, exactly. It sums up a lot just in those two words. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a surprise hit. This this issue. Yeah. Surprise hit. How would I you? Was, well, yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say is that I felt in some parts the art was a little wonky. I agree. I agree. I agree. But uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. And um, and the thing that really made me think, okay, this is not just Marvel Knights. Is that you know they never had somebody as big as Doctor Doom. No, in never, a never. Title. No. So no. So okay, well, this has to be There's something more bigger here, right? But um, Agreed. so yeah, I really, but yeah, uh, grading it, I will give the um, I'll give the writing an eight, and I'll give the artist six. You know, what? I'm right there with you. I'm gonna go writing yeah. uh, eight Nichols out of ten. Art <laughs> six Nichols out of ten. I'm right there. With you. Yeah. All right, Stephen. Well, that's a pretty good selection of comics this week, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that was pretty good. Definitely skewed um, in favor of DC. Yeah, because I was I was surprised you didn't. Um, because you said, "Well, let's do X Men Red." And I was like, "Well, I read it." It's like, "Hey, it's not unreadable anymore." <laughs> it's not. I just the X Men franchise kind of bores weird. me right now. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of feel like they've been there, done that to. Everything. Yeah, and I'm just. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, oh, we're going back know. to Genosha again. Okay. I just feel like everything's a retread. Cool. And I know comics in general has that. Yeah. But boy, it just seems with X Men in general, just yeah. like. Uh, yeah, like, and I, I it's know. it's like the it's uh, the, they were really feeling the effects of the uh, the Fox Disney rivalry because yeah. I mean there's just nothing new. There How many it. times have we gone back to Genosha? Yeah, it's like it was just, it was I a good know. idea, and what happened was I mean because you know they're just going to kick the mutants anyway, so right. it's like of course they're going to do that. But the last time that was impactful in any way was. <laughs> that one panel in JLA Avengers where the yeah. Justice League was investigating is like, oh, this happened here. It's like, well, yeah, because that played into what they were yep. trying to do. So, yep. and that was 2004. Yeah, it's been a long, a long time. time. It's been a long time. But I agree, my friend. Yeah, I agree. But at, you know, at this point, let's uh, just be glad with that we got one good Marvel title out. Yes. So, <laughs> at this point, I'm telling you, uh, uh, DC still killing Marvel. Mm-hmm. Still killing yeah, quality-wise. Yep. It's embarrassing. No doubt. They're just doing better superhero comics. Yep. <laughs> All right. Now, I mean, if we had gotten, you know, Return of Wolverine or something like this week, then I'd be like, yeah, Marvel, let's do it. But right. it's just not that week. Not this week, my yeah. friend. Not this week. All right. On that bombshell, Steven. <laughs> Until next week, my friend. Yep. Viva la revolution. <laughs>